0: Welcome to the Generation Arrow podcast. Generation Arrow provides wisdom and instruction for raising children to fulfill their God-given purpose. And now here's our host, author, teacher, and leader mom, Keeley Schaefer. Well, hey there, family. I'm so honored that you joined me today. With every episode, I am just amazed at how much you're downloading and how much you're sharing. And you're obviously very serious about parenting. And I ask God to shine light on everything you're learning and give you wisdom on how to apply it as you raise your kids. Today is episode 10. And I think, with this being my 10th one, It deserves an extra special topic. And even though it's a special subject to me, I'm going to be honest, this one's going to be a hard one. And I'm going to share something that happened in my life that was very painful, but I believe it's what I need to do. And I know it's going to help you and your families, and it could literally change the entire course of your children's lives. I'll be talking about seven years and two pairs of tennis shoes, the high price of unforgiveness. I know you're probably thinking, that's a very interesting title, but once you hear my story, it's all going to make sense. And I pray that after you listen to this, y'all, that you're going to realize the devastating effects of holding unforgiveness. In spite of any pain that you've experienced, unforgiveness... It's going to imprison you for the rest of your days if you don't learn how to let it go. It was Christmas 1980, and my sister and I, we were visiting my dad. He and my mom, they had been divorced for a couple of years. He lived in Texas. We lived in Indiana. I was in fourth grade. My sister was in first grade. And dad, he was always very creative and fun. And for gifts that year, he handed me and my sister each a container. And it looked like a soup can. And we'd never seen anything like it. And we were just trying to see how to open it. And my dad, he was just grinning from ear to ear. And he said, hey, you're going to have to use a can opener to open it. And so we got the can opener. We twirled it around the lids and got the lids off of our, our cans and inside each one of our cans was a $100 bill. Now in the early 80s $100 was a lot of money especially for two little girls and dad told us that we could take that money and we could put it in a savings account if we wanted to or we could go to the mall And we could buy anything that our hearts desired. Well, it was a no-brainer for us. We were going to head to that mall. We were going to shop till we dropped and spend every dime. And that's what we did. And after our evening haul one night, we just couldn't wait to call our mom. Because we were so excited to share everything that we had bought. And my little sister was talking to my mom. And she mentioned that she had spent her money on two pairs of Nike tennis shoes. You sure couldn't buy two pairs of Nike tennis shoes for $100 today. But my mom was a bit upset uh, that she had bought those two pairs of shoes because in first grade, your, your feet are growing so fast and my mom just didn't feel that what she bought was very practical. Well, my dad overheard the conversation and he wasn't too happy about it. He felt like my sister had the right to buy anything that she wanted. That was the deal. And it wasn't too long. My dad headed over to the phone, took it away from my sister, and he and my mom had one of the biggest arguments that I'd ever seen. So after he hung up, He and my stepmother, they began this lengthy tirade about my mom, and they started to unveil hurtful details about her and private things that I shouldn't have heard about their relationship together when they were married. It was hateful. It was disrespectful. And all I could do as a little girl was just sit there and listen. I felt trapped. I felt betrayed, and I I felt scared, and I knew what they were trying to do. They were trying to push me in their corner for me to pledge my allegiance to my father and to finally see the light about my mother, but it actually backfired on them. What was meant to repel me from my mom, it actually thrust me closer to her than I'd ever been, and the next day, My sister and I, we boarded an airplane to go back to Indiana. And in those days, a parent could actually escort their kids on the plane. And so that's what my dad did. And I clearly remember dryly hugging him, saying goodbye before I sat down. And I thought, this is going to be the last time you ever get a hug from me. I'm never going to speak to you again. So I made good on that promise and it was seven years. And all of that stemmed from an argument over two pairs of tennis shoes. And you know what's really sad is that my dad never reached out to me during those whole seven years. Not a phone call, not a birthday card, not a letter, nothing. And there wasn't a day That went by that I didn't fan the flame of unforgiveness. I had to keep rehearsing the story, the situation over and over again to prove to myself that I was in the right and he was in the wrong. And I just figured that he didn't even care about me anymore. I know you all have heard about the cancel culture. It's a big phrase here in this day and age. And basically what that is, is if a person says one thing that you disagree with or does one thing that you disagree with, you're out. Like you're non-redeemable, you're unworthy of, of anyone's time. Every good thing that you've ever done up to that point is void and canceled. And that's how my dad's family operated. They were all about canceling people, cutting people off. They were very friendly, personable. They were very courteous people. They were great people to, to be around. But I tell you, if you got on their bad side, woo, watch out. I can't tell you how many times my dad would say, Hey, Keely, we're not talking to your grandma anymore. She did some bad things to me, and she's out of our life. And I would feel so sad and it could be months it could be up to a year or more and then one day we might have like a barbecue or something at our house and there she was she'd show up i mean obviously they'd had some conversations prior to that behind the scenes but she'd never say oh i i missed you so much or i'm sorry all this happened or anything it was just like oh well I, This is how we work. This is how we operate. And I'm back in your life now. It was just (laughs) very strange. We didn't talk about it or anything. But that's how it was. And it happened with several other family members. Their motto was, if you make me mad, you're out. Finito. Done. I may accept you back one day, but for now, you're out of the family. So this was the way that we were used to operating. And I thought, it's over. I don't have a dad anymore. I'm a senior in high school now. He's missed out on everything of my growing up years. But something happened. I'd rededicated my life to Jesus. And the Holy Spirit began to deal with me about making things right with my dad. And after seven years... I had just become accustomed to hating him, but the Lord, he wouldn't let me do it anymore. And God, he opened my eyes to his love for my dad. And he said that my lack of forgiveness was hindering my dad from receiving his love. So suddenly it just wasn't about me anymore. It it was about a living, breathing soul who needed a touch from a compassionate savior. So I'll never forget the day when I picked up the phone to call dad. Guys, it was not easy. Like my flesh did not want to do it. It felt like a hundred pound brick that I had in my hand, but I dialed dad's number. And when I heard dad's voice, all I could say was, dad, I'm sorry. And I began to cry uncontrollably and the offense, the pain, it really just instantly crumbled away. And all I could hear were my dad's sobs on the other end of the phone. It was over. Just like that. And God's healing began to take place in our hearts. So my sister and I, we planned a trip to come to Texas not long afterwards and we got to see him again and We began talking on the phone a lot and it was almost like I was meeting a new person. For the first time, I was seeing my dad through the eyes of love and I saw qualities in him that I'd never seen before. Like my dad was so funny. He could come up with the wittiest comebacks in like milliseconds and he had me on the floor laughing. I think most of our conversations ended up with us just wheezing and trying to catch our breath because we were laughing so much, and Dad, he was a gadget person. I never realized that before. I mean, it was—if it was on an infomercial, he had it. He had a turkey roaster, different meat smokers, the Chopomatic, really anything with "matic" after it. He was on it. He was a singer, he was a songwriter, he was a musician. No kind of audio equipment or software intimidated him. He just went for it and he figured it out. But I allowed myself to love my dad again. I gave myself permission to love him in spite of all of his flaws. And I realized that he was only operating with the knowledge that he knew at the time. He had watched his parents and they modeled the way how relationships worked. Even if it was very dysfunctional, it was normal to my dad. So God gave me a special grace for him. And I ended up seeing the good in him that had been hidden by all my bitterness over all of those years. In Matthew 5, 43 through 45, in the Passion Translation, it says, Your ancestors have also been taught, love your neighbors and hate the one who hates you. However, I say to you, love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you and respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. For that will reveal your identity as children of your heavenly father. He is kind to all. By bringing the sunrise to warm and rainfall to refresh whether a person does what is good or evil, what reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Don't even the tax collectors do that? How are you any different from others if you limit your kindness only to your friends? Don't even the ungodly do that? Since you are children of a perfect Father in heaven, become perfect like Him. That is a lot of truth there. That is golden. And God is saying, I know it's easy to love people that are easy to love, but I want you to live on a higher plateau. I want you to love people extravagantly, even those you may deem unworthy of it. He wants us to model this kind of generosity when it comes to love. And that's what I was trying to do with my dad. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. I can only imagine. I'm sure that you've heard that song. It's a Christian song by Mercy Me. But if you haven't seen the movie, you need to see it and probably even buy it because it is so good. And it's a true story about Bart Millard. He's the lead singer of the Christian band Mercy Me. And it was about his relationship with his father. And this movie spoke so deeply to my heart that I could barely even watch it. But Bart's mom had abandoned him and his dad when he was a boy. And his dad, he was very abusive physically and verbally. And when Bart grew up and told him that his dream was to sing, his dad basically said that he was a fool. So Bart left. He didn't speak to his dad for a long time. But his dad ended up getting a terminal disease, and Bart went home to make amends. He said that his dad had been a monster, but he saw God transform him over the time he got to spend with him before he passed away. And when his dad died, he was at peace with God, and the relationship that he had with his son was better than it had ever been before. Bart loved his dad to life. He was so happy for him and grateful that he'd be there in heaven with his dad one day that he wrote the song, I Can Only Imagine. He wrote it for his dad. And today, I dedicate this podcast to my dad, Lloyd Milton Watts. And I'm sorry to say that my dad, he died suddenly at the age of 54 from a massive heart attack. He was too young to go, but thankfully I don't have any regrets. He was able to meet two of my three kids and our son Austin. He's able to remember his time together with Papa Watch. He couldn't pronounce dad's last name, uh, Watts, so Austin called him Papa Watch. And dad gave him a wallet the last time that he saw Austin. And Austin still cherishes it and has it to this day. But me and dad, we had multiple phone calls through the years. Usually at least once a month, we'd share our heart, life stories, movies we watched. And I remember there at the end, I got him hooked on the TV show Survivor that I was watching back then. I don't watch it anymore, but back then, I guess I did. But man, I wish I could pick up the phone and call my dad today. But I saw his heart soften over the years after we reconciled, and he was receptive to God for really the very first time in his life. We had many conversations about his relationship with the Lord before he passed, and I believe I'm going to see him again in heaven. I really do. In Ephesians 4:31 through 32, in the Passion, it says, lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults, but instead, be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? And in Mark eleven twenty five, 25, in the Passion Translation, it says, And whenever you stand praying, if you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. God knows the power of forgiveness. And it's the greatest gift you can ever give someone, whether it's a spouse, an ex-spouse, a parent, a friend, or maybe your very own child. Forgiveness, it's not caving in and saying what you did wasn't wrong or the pain that you caused, it was okay. No, it's a mighty act that can unlock untold possibilities of healing and restoration Maybe you need to pick up the phone like I did or meet someone somewhere or write a letter or an email to a person that you've held back forgiveness from. Even if they've already passed away, you still need to handle it. And I believe that God's going to show you what to do or even what your kids need to do in this area, just like he did with me and my dad. So forgiveness, it's the greatest gift you can give someone else but it's also the greatest gift that you can give yourself. Now, I've heard it said that holding on to unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's a slow death that erodes our purpose, it erodes our passion, and our pursuit of all God has for us. But just know, for every toxic sip of offense, forgiveness is always the antidote. What happened with me and my dad It made an indelible imprint in my mind, and I vowed that as long as I was alive, I was never going to justify unforgiveness again. I wanted to carve out a new path for my kids and the next generations to come in my family and show them there's a better way when it comes to relationships. I wanted my children not to be so quick to close doors on lives still under construction, I wanted them to see the good in people, to value the relationships that, that God gives us, even the ones that we wish that he hadn't given us, and hopefully to love someone to eternity. And I know you want this for your family, too. Let me lead you in a prayer today to start you on the road to forgiveness. Dear God, unforgiveness has been eating away at me for too long. You know the pain I've suffered, the injustices that I've had to endure, but I can't keep pushing this aside anymore. It's holding me back. It's holding my kids back. It's keeping us from experiencing all you have for us. So Lord, show me what I need to do to offer forgiveness, to show extravagant love, and I'll do it, and I'll do it quickly. I know that this is the key to my family's freedom. In Jesus' name. Amen. Say it now, y'all. Don't wait. Love now. Forgive now. And in the show notes, I put a link to my Instagram and Facebook accounts. So you can be sure to follow all the inspirational parenting content from Generation Arrow. But I also Put a YouTube link to the Mercy Me song, I Can Only Imagine. And I want you to go and I want you to listen to it. I know you've already heard it probably a million, jillion times, but listen to it again. And while you're listening to it, I want you to think about standing before Jesus with a free heart, knowing you loved without limits, that you forgave liberally. I want you to imagine those who will stand before Jesus, who will have an eternal home with him because you were willing to love like he loved, because you were willing to forgive like he forgave. And I just want to say to my dad, Dad, everything we went through will never be in vain. Whatever the enemy meant for bad, God's turned it for good, Dad. And I promise, I'm going to tell our redeeming story for as long as I have breath in my body. I love you, Dad. Family, forgiveness is worth it. Life is short. I know you can do this. Until next time, be abundantly blessed. And may our arrows be mighty on the earth. We hope this podcast has enriched your life and given you some valuable resources on raising your children. For more information about Generation Arrow, visit our website at generationarrow.life. That's generationarrow.life. And may our arrows be mighty on the earth.